Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to Poke the Bear episode 44, the Dennis Seidenberg episode, the Rob, the Rob O'Gara episode. That's, that's quite the throwback there. You got to switch it up. So, you know, obviously Seidenberg's the obvious one, that it's Rob O'Gara, obviously. Come on. Are there Steven, any other 44? Stephen Camper. Stephen Camper's a big one. Uh, I'm Evan Marinovsky, alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports. You know, Connor, how are we doing? Evan, doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're recording this the day after game three. So people will actually get this podcast uh, prior to a game. They will not have to, they'll get to listen to it uh, the day of a game at night, not the day after a game that when it's a little outdated, but uh, anyways, doing great, doing great. Weather's getting nicer. Uh, it's very hot this time of year and I like it. It's just kind of a big, like, whoosh, like a lot of heat at once, but it's, uh, it's nice. I, I don't mind it. Uh, how yeah. back. I'm in. I'm out in Amherst still. I'll be home soon uh, in Boston. Oh. But how, it, it's it's a little cool. Oh, you're yes, yeah, so you're in Tahoe. You're in Tahoe. How's the weather yeah. in Tahoe? Well, I'm kind of concerned that it's uh, it's May and there's still snow in over here in California. So we went up to we have checking on that. However, uh, yeah, I was at the game yesterday, so I've been able to uh, rack up the miles quite a bit in just a span of twelve hours. But it was good to be out and about around the garden. Uh, you can tell it's definitely got the energy back even though there's only you know 4,500 fans for the game still was uh pretty loud in there especially once you got some of those chances in overtime so uh slowly getting back to normal uh, and hopefully if the Bruins get past uh get past the Capitals get to the next round hopefully we have a uh, much more packed building in uh, just a couple of weeks yeah I'd say the dude down bad of the week would be Chara how about Chara last night? First of all, gets a penalty and gets cheered as he goes to the box, like loud. And then uh, in overtime, there's that picture of him skating past the the pie, the Bruins pile, and he's just dejected. And that's that's tough. That, that that's quite the image to see after uh, after all uh, Chara has done here in Boston. It was like I think it was Tony X, uh, noted Blues fan Tony X, who tweeted yes. like the the picture of Chara skating by, and then on the picture of like. Uh, Squidward, where he's looking out the window at, at Patrick and SpongeBob, just running, running outside. Yep. That, that's what it felt like for for Char. So, yeah, not a great uh, game or a great series so far for Zidane Char, to say the least. Uh, yeah, I think you're definitely kind of getting the the realization that you know you can kind of see where his limits now, especially when you're on the other side of things. Also, he like slammed his head off the ice. During yes, the and like and like no one helped him. I was no like one. watching. I was like. uh, 
Did, did they think he was like just some random dude or something? Like this <laughs> random six six foot nine guy who's just out there, but so, well, yeah, his, teammates, a... his teammates are probably worried because they were the ones who knocked him down. They're like, damn, yeah. I mean, if we go pick him back up, you could, could maybe kill us. Yeah, that is true. So it's not been a, a good couple of days, which is, you know, Chara, to say the least. But when we talk about uh, someone who's had a good couple of days, I'd say Craig Smith. Craig Smith gets the overtime winner in game three. And you wrote about this, and I think it's very true. By the way, uh, Craig Smith was your, like, big guy you advocated for back in like September when we had like nothing to talk about you were like we're gonna talk just about Eichel, Smith. just just Eichel rumors that was it back back just in ja- the day just Jack Eichel rumors which were uh which were all, always gave you at least like 10 to 15 minutes you know of things mm-hmm. to talk about but uh you, Craig Smith was your guy you called him from the beginning you said he's gonna be a perfect fit in Boston and for a while there it didn't look like he was for a while there he looked you know he wasn't producing but then he goes on the tear towards the middle to the end of the regular season and it's continued and what's good about it, and we said this in the post-game show last night uh, or Wednesday night, was he gets underappreciated a lot because he's alongside flashy Taylor Hall and flashy slash legendary David Krejci, right? And, yeah, and, no, and, and well, I want to hear what you think. Like, or are we going to start to see more Craig Smith appreciation? I hope so because, uh, again, I think you, you kind of nailed it in terms of, like, you know, he might be the the – people want to tab him as the complimentary piece on that line. And yes, he's not as skilled as Hall or he's not as uh, gifted as a playmaker as a guy like David Krejci. But uh, you, you look at that goal he scored uh, on, on Wednesday and that's the, you know, the, a fitting Craig Smith goal, right? Where you kind of make something out of nothing off of just being active on the four check, keep keeping your head up and, and kind of seeing the play develop. Um, and so for him to, be the guy that, that breaks through on a goal like that. You know, he's a guy who uh, I think the book's been out on him in terms of, you know, he, he loves to, uh, you know, get pucks on net. He loves to shoot from pretty much every single angle. Like that guy is taking a shot, like almost from, like 90 degrees from the side of the net. Um, but you look at the the little things he does and, you know, sometimes he's the guy who gets the secondary assist on some of these plays, but sometimes it's the ability to keep the puck in to, to, you know, win the, the puck battle along the boards to pressure the puck carrier on the forecheck may not be the thing that makes the highlight reel, but usually those are the plays that are the catalyst uh, that start so many of those promising, uh, you know, ozone positions for the, the Krejci line. And for as much as I think Taylor Hall has helped out a ton in terms of, you know, their ability to generate off the rush uh, and just kind of that, again, that game breaking skill. There's not a lot of guys who could be at the angle that Hall is in and, and roof that shot, obviously, but, you look at just that that line is also very good at, you know, creating chances off of, you know, turnovers and four checks. And I think Craig Smith has a, a lot to play into it. And again, for a guy who was signed here, who, you know, I remember back in, uh, you know, January, February, people were like, all right, well, for the expansion draft, like this Craig Smith's not hanging around, right? This guy's what, 31 years old. Like he's got just a couple of goals. Like where does he kind of fit into the mix? Uh, you know, it's just been a great signing for, the Bruins to get this guy who I think for all of us going into it, you know, I, I was excited. I think, you know, a lot of people where you look at his numbers, like, all right, this is a guy who's going to help this team, but I don't think a lot of people expected him to be a top six guy. Right. I think he was going to be a very, very good third line guy, almost like Coyle, right? Like Coyle, if he's your top six, eh, you know, it, you, you, you'll be mm-hmm. fine, I guess, but he's not exactly what, what you want. But, um, but if, if he's in a third line role, he's a very, very good in terms of getting those matchups to have him be uh, your second line right wing 
and to really solidify that line by doing some of the little things. Uh, it's good to see, and it's good that a guy like him gets rewarded for it because I think it seems like leading up to, you know, Craig Smith scoring that goal, it was going to be another game where, you know, we talk about Taylor Hall. And again, it's all deserved in terms of how great he's been, but uh, don't overlook just, you know, how good Craig Smith is at doing the little things that help get that line so many of those grade A chances. So uh, he's just been fantastic this year for the Bruins. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, again, it's been key. Like, again, the Krejci has a right wing. And you had him on your team the whole time. Had him on your team the whole time. And there he is. Um, but, yeah, Craig Smith, obviously, uh, so good in that game in Game 3. So good in the series. A real safe bet. A real safe bet to, to bet on some, to bet on someone scoring. Another safe bet is bet online. Absolutely. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. Red Sox are playing. Celtics are about to get smoked by the, by the Nets. That's okay. And at, yeah, it's fine. And at long last, playoff hockey is back in Boston. I mean, even if you haven't made it back to Fenway or the Garden just yet, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players that play, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wage than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me, Evan. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. Nobody beats that. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Experts, go there now. Can't beat that 50%. Can't do it. Uh, so the area in this series where the Bruins have the most, um, uh, b- the biggest advantage is in net. And we knew this going in. This was kind of obvious. You have Tuka Rask, established elite star goaltender in the NHL. Maybe not everyone thinks that, but that's the truth. And then you have on the other side, a lot of maybes coming into the series. Sam Sonoff was on the COVID list. Even he's like a fringe starter. Um, Vitek Vanacek got hurt immediately. Craig Anderson, you know, you're going down the depth chart here. Um, and Craig Anderson, like, helped them in the series. <laughs> ended up working out kind of all right. You came out one and one of the games Craig Anderson uh, played and, and, and played the majority and then, just, and, then, and then he just dipped in game three, just maintenance. Like, Body maintenance, just, baby. Yeah, yeah, See ya. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, that was hilarious. Body maintenance. I was like, huh? And they didn't even back up. Did not even have him yeah, back up. Yeah. So those two games, those two games took like years off of his life. Uh, and he had he had to he had to regenerate some <laughs> during game three. But they went with Sam Sonoff in game three, and he was pretty good. I mean, I like, yeah. for, but he held in there. Like, aside from the mistake on the overtime goal, which was mainly Justin Schultz just kind yeah, of Justin, sleeping. Yeah, it was just Justin Schultz sleeping there. Um, Sam Sonoff was was great. I mean, the Bruins had many a chances uh, to end the game to uh, extend their lead. Uh, so, but you still have that. And, and, and again, if that's the best that the, that the Capitals are going to be in net, if, if a 2-1 series lead for the Bruins is the best the Capitals are going to be in net, your, your prediction of Bruins in five is pretty much going to come to fruition, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, and yeah, Craig's uh, not Craig Smith, Craig Anderson, Craig Smith is on that. <laughs> yeah. Craig, Craig Anderson, you know, is great in, in game two in terms of you know facing the volume of shots he he did, and again, as you said, Samsonov, it it, it stinks for him that he's going to get noted for you know get knocked for that that uh, that goal in double overtime. When again, a lot of that was Schultz, and also like. Duke gets reamed out by his captain on the bench, which is not a very good look, uh, to no. say the least. So, um, but yeah, you just look at the the way the Caps are built. You know, it's not like they had a guy waiting. In the, it's not like, you know, this was a team that had a, a Vasilevsky or someone like that, like injured and was waiting to come back. We were like, all right, well, we have to knock them out before this guy gets back there. Like, Simpsonov is a, a young, talented goalie, but hasn't really fully put it together this year. So you're throwing him into the fire now. Uh, if you're Peter Laviolette, it's like, are you going with him? Or are you going with almost 40-year-old Craig Anderson? So kind of damn if you do, damn if you don't. I mean, they've had three games and three different starting goaltenders, which, again, it's not like they've been they've been buried by, by their goaltending, but it means a whole lot when you have a team like the Bruins who you can pencil in a guy like Tuka Rask every single night and know that he's going to, uh, you know, give you a good game. I mean, again, for as much as people were, you know, hopping on his play early on we're still not hitting a point yet where rask is you know you know i'm not hitting the the defcon five button if unless he's letting up goals like you know tristan jari did in pittsburgh where it's just clean glove hand real like all right like even (laughs) like like even the the dowd goal uh you know the the one on wednesday like bad turnover and then it was another deflection like bounce in front like again of course you love him to have it like no, no shit you let him go to have every every shot but it's not like he's getting beat clean off of you know uh looks that you imagine that he'd be able to track or at least get in front of you haven't hit that yet so and again you can be looking at these games as much as all these games have been one goal contests where teams really haven't been able to build a lead on one another you look at both anderson and samsonov especially in that overtime uh whole lot of rebound chances. I mean, it, that game was, you know, fixing to be the one where you knew going into double overtime, you're like, all right, this is going to be a, a fluky goal. It's going to end it. It's going to be like a, a weird bounce or the guy's going to whiff on the puck or it's going to be someone's going to blow a tire or something like that. Um, and luckily for the Bruins, it was on their side. But I think it just the competitive advantage, but also just the, the structure of how you can roll out the lineup where, you know, every single game what you got in that. Uh, the Capitals don't have that. And when you already have a, a defense, you know, as the next line of defense, that it's pretty slow that, you know, as much as people talk about how, how big the Capitals are, the Bruins have had kind of their best success in the Ozone when they're getting the puck in and they're, you know, winning puck battles and beating those guys to the loose pucks. I mean, it's, I think the biggest issue for them is more or less been getting through the neutral zone because yep. the Capitals like to trap uh, quite a bit. But uh, once you're getting that puck in and you're, you know, off to the races against Chara or Dylan or e- even Carlson, who's a, a mobile, a mobile defenseman, but he's still not like a, uh, a defense first kind of guy. Um, you've got plenty of good chances there. So if you keep on, you know, exploiting those matchups, which aren't going away, it's not, again, they don't have Henrik Lundqvist isn't walking through that door. Like Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> is magically showing up. Um, though it should be a matchup that even if all these games are still probably going to be, tight, close checking, you know, tight checking games. Uh, Capital is going to continue to clog up the neutral zone. Um, you look at just the end result in terms of the matchups. Bruins have two Rask and the Capitals don't. And the Bruins have much more mobile defense that, as much as they're probably taking a beating these days, are still able to get the puck out 
uh, pretty well against, uh, you know, a, a pretty formidable Capitals forward core. Yeah, there were still a few instances in game three that the Bruins uh, just couldn't get out of their own zone with different stuff. Yeah. But again, like it obviously didn't really matter in the end. What's funny is uh, if Henrik Lundqvist didn't have the, the heart condition um, that has silent him for the whole year, he'd probably be playing in the series. Like that's wild to think about. Like yeah. imagine like it's like 2009 and you're like, hey, the Bruins are going to play the Capitals in the playoffs and, and Lundqvist is going to be in net and Chara is going to be on defense. They go, oh my God, this has to be the greatest team ever, right? It's like, nah, but it'll be in 2021. It'll be in twenty. Yeah. They're gonna be. They're gonna be. They're gonna be some old geezers out there on the back. But uh, yeah, it's, my, it's, you my, it's 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 Richards and Jeff Cotter and all these guys like oh nine <laughs> who are in it. So is, is Mike Green on the back end too? Uh, you got Mike Green back there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, yes, I, I just think that you know again as you said it, the Bruins have two Karask, and the Capitals don't. And again, there was a play the other night. You mentioned the sl- the, the slow defense. There was a play in game three where DeBrusque was taking it down the right side, and uh, he was going in on Chara, and he cut to the middle. And mm. I was like, dude, dude, go to the outside. Man, you just you beat can, him like you, you're fast. You, you can you can go in orbit against him if you've got the inside step on him, which yes. DeBrusque definitely does. Yes, and that was and it's and it's it's those little plays where it's like, dude, just just utilize the speed there. You know, like just get around him. So. Uh, yeah, I, I again, I, and the other thing is like, you know, you don't know if Samsonov's going to hold up. You don't know if Vanacek is going to hold up. You don't know if Anderson's going to hold up. These guys have the potential to just randomly let in six goals, um, whereas a guy like Rask doesn't. Like, as you said, you know what you're getting with Tuka Rask. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, you mentioned the Ovechkin thing. How about that? I, I don't think that is such yeah, a bad look. I mean, to do that after a game three over, double overtime loss – to do that out in the open where like hammers are on you and people are watching. Like if you're going to yell at Schultz or something, when you yell at him, like in the locker room where no one sees or right. something like that. I mean, that just looks like totally unhinged. I mean, like that looks like a, that looks yeah. just like a complete meltdown, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, it? again, it, it's, you know, the, the competitive nature of it, but still there's the time and place and uh, to do it in front of the cameras where, I mean, that's probably going to be something that's going to be asked about now in terms of their media availability. It's like, uh, and it shows you, I think, maybe the how helpful it is to have a guy like, you know, Bergeron or Krejci, these guys who are probably a lot more even keel uh, and kind of the the environment that they kind of build within their room that, you know, you, as much as there's been plenty of times in playoff games where guys are not performing or guys are, you know, have a bad game and are, the eye test shows it, uh, you rarely see even a guy like Bergeron, you know, or Krejci take a guy to task. I don't think I've ever heard David Krejci yell. Ever. No, never, so, never. So uh, he was getting know, crushed was, yeah. in the pile though last night. It was um, he was he, he was the poor he was the poor odd man out that uh um yeah the the end result there was not too great for him. So hopefully he was uh hopefully he's not day to day now after getting uh, knocked <laughs> around quite a bit. But he's already taken quite a few hits in the series. But um yeah, it's definitely something you look at just the the difference between the the way you know a guy like Bergeron and Krejci goes about things to other teams and it's striking in a moment like that where you look at that and you're immediately like, Oh, that's, that's yeah. not good. Not good. Before, before we get to things that concern us in this series, I do want to hit on the one thing. I think, I think we've witnessed the turning point. I think we have witnessed in this series. It happened in game three. I think we have witnessed the series changing moment. And that was Nick Dowd randomly just high sticking Charlie McAvoy as they're going back to the neutral zone well behind the play. And that was the power play that the Bruins finally cashed in on. Marshan scored the tying goal. That was midway through the third. 
So, yeah. you know, the capitals are up two to one, just completely unhinged. I think that's the, I think that's the momentum swing. I really do. Yeah. Because I think a play like that shows how just completely unhinged the capitals have become. And you look at like, you know, they're doing everything they can to take McAvoy out of the play. You look at Hathaway mm-hmm. last night hitting McAvoy into the bench. That was well after the, the McAvoy let the puck go. Like that was not like, that was on the, like, you know, that's as McAvoy skating away. It's not like McAvoy mm-hmm. had the puck there. So it's clear that I think the Capitals are getting a little unhinged. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we, I think that's the series changing play. I think that, that completely swung, swung momentum. Um, do you think that, do you think there's been a, a different one or do you think that is it? No, I mean, that's definitely on there. And hopefully they're able to build off it because I think we're going to talk about it with, uh, you know, concerning things is that power plays. If you're able to get back on track and it's not like the power play was completely stagnant in the game yesterday. They had a lot of great chances, but just weren't able to bury them. So you hope that getting another chance like that, um, that they got off of that gift of a, a penalty from Dowd there will be able to help them get back on track. And it's a little bit of a different look now. We've got Marshan at the net front. you got McAvoy up there. you got Krejci. Um, so you hope they build off of it. And yeah, for, for Dowd, it was a, a, a mind boggling play, right? Cause let's be fair. I think Nick Dowd's been awesome in this series. That dude's yeah. been everywhere. Oh my God. He's, he, he's been fantastic. And even like Hathaway, like dude, uh, it's almost impressive how much of a, a, a pain in the ass that guy is. Like he's another one of those, the, the cliched guy you hate, but would love on your team. Like that guy. That dude's a menace out there. I mean, he's, that guy even. I, I still look at him as like a store brand Tom Wilson a little bit. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, he sounds like a, like a rival company from like Succession, like or like a, a media conglomerate is, is his name. But, um, but yeah, you look at the way he plays too, and obviously they're both him and Dad are both scoring goals. But just the, the overall game they kind of play, and it's kind of the same way as the Islanders, where they've got their great fourth line. Like those are the the lines that can really tilt the ice in your favor. Um. So, but for, for them to take that penalty and uh, give the Bruins power play, which granted has not been good, but they've still got the personnel. You've still got Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak still out there. Uh, they're going to make you pay eventually. So, yeah, that was – you can't take a penalty like that in that situation. I'd also love to see Hall on the first unit in some capacity. Yeah. I know that they like the second unit um, being as it is, but I wouldn't hate seeing Hall somehow factored in. I know it's kind of tough because, again, you know, Bergeron, you have the guys in place and it's worked in the mm-hmm. past. It's hard to kind of put a guy like that on uh, and you kind of want to spread the wealth out a little bit, but wouldn't hate to see Hall go in there. Another thing, posture. I, so things that concern us, things that concern mm-hmm. us. So we mentioned the power play a little bit. Still, though, the Bruins power play looked a lot better than the Capitals power play did. I mean, at least the Bruins were able to like get in the zone and set up. Um, yeah. Literally, the only thing was they just could not actually score. Uh, the Capitals had a, a really tough time against the Bruins penalty kill um, uh, in game three. And I think they have all year. Like that's kind of how it's gone. Another thing I think that does concern me a little bit is David Pasternak. A little bit. He has not been his normal self. Uh, he And we've said this for a long time now. Uh, still was a point per game guy this year, which is funny. Because like even in a point per game season, we're like, well, but had the turnover um, on that second goal for the Capitals in game three. Um but I, I just, you know, we've said this a lot, but there's no, it's just not a big desire to get to scoring areas. There's a lot of shots from the outside. It's just, it's just not the same. What is it? What's got to change? Yeah, I think probably first and foremost, he just needs to, you know, get a, a lucky bounce or something to get going. Cause it's obviously he's, he's pressing. I think Bruce Cassidy more or less talked about that uh, on Thursday during his media availability that, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who's trying to 
uh, do what he can. He's got, I think, I think he had nine shots on goal. I think he'd probably have like 14, 15 overall attempts. But again, that, that stat looks great until you look at the actual game and it's all, you know, shots from outside grade A ice. And, you know, those aren't really going to help you out that much. So he's clearly fighting the puck right now. And he clearly is trying to shoot his way out of it, which um, sometimes you wish it'd be more quality over quantity in that situation. I'm just finding those chances. Um, but I, I think the other thing to be concerned about Pasternak, not just him fighting the puck, which you hope, you know, it's, it feels like he's due, especially against a team with his defense to just have like a hat trick. One of the, it's, it's kind of reminds me of like the, uh, the, the Bruins uh, hurricane series back in 2019, where for the first, you know, three games of that series, it was a lot of like coil, uh, the uh, Grizzly had two goals against them in one of those games. They had a, a pretty close game in game three. And then in game four, Bergeron like woke up and I think Bergeron had two goals. I think Martian had a goal. I think maybe they, I think they combined for like, it was like five, six points. So like, you can only contain those guys for so long. It feels like that's going to be brewing eventually at one of these games that Pasternak's do for a, a two goal game at some point, which you hope so. But I think the other thing you have to be concerned about with him is just uh, his health. Uh, because that play looked very scary yesterday. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I would say maybe not surprised is the best word because it was double overtime, but still raised the eyebrow that there was no call there on uh, you know him getting getting knocked down there on that play. But um, but just the overall health. I mean, that, and as soon as it happened, the immediate thought is like, all right, is he concussed? Is he collarbone okay or anything like that? So uh, Bruce Cassidy said that. He imagines he's going to be okay. Again, uh, Thursday was an optional skate, so they don't have the full gauge on how these guys are feeling, but uh, they imagine he's going to be in, but still can't feel too good. And I think that probably builds off a, a larger point in terms of concern. It's just you need to get this series done uh, as quick as possible. You can't have this be a six, seven-game series. You can't be playing overtime every single night because it's going to weigh these guys down. Like I, We talked about it in the post-game video, but even if the Bruins' injury list isn't, you know, extensive in terms of guys day to day with upper lower body lower body injuries. I, I think it's fair to assume, right, that everyone has uh, been banged up quite a bit. Like even you know, there's guys who were finishing checks all all throughout the game. So I don't think anyone's feeling particularly well through three games of the series, just to say the least. That's why I think you know it. Things that worry me is also you know you're going to beat the Capitals. You will. I I don't think that that's like a a crazy thing to say. Uh, we both predicted it. You predicted it a lot heavier than I did. Uh, and, the, and you have all the matchups, you have all that. But at the, at the end of the day, they aren't going to go easy. Now, nobody goes easy. I'm not saying like, you know, teams just like dissipate. But these are close games. These are one goal, down to the wire, overtime games, physical games. Guys are getting hit into the bench left and right. When was the last time you saw a game where more than one guy got hit into the bench? Like into yeah. the bench. That happened t- like two or three times just in game three alone. Um, so there's just a lot of physicality that they're a tough team. There's post scrum, you know, scrums all the time. You know, guys are getting mad. I mean, Clifton got muckled by Tom Wilson uh, in overtime, just crushed. Now Clifton is a psychopath and just get up and be fine. Like somehow Clifton will never yeah. get injured with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Clifton is just totally fine. Just bounces right back up. You know, he's like a little kid, um, but still guys are getting beat the hell up. So you come out of this series and it's like, well, where are you at? And you might not have any like serious injuries, you know, you're hopefully not, but you're going to have guys with nagging stuff. I mean, it's clear Pasternak's dealing with something. Um, 
it's you know it's clear, it's going to be clear that guys are going to be really burnt out after the series. Now, granted, you have the veteran leadership. You have Bergeron, Marshan, Krejci, uh, even Pasternak. I mean, these guys have been through this many times now. Uh, but still, a series like this, three overtimes, three games, one goal games the whole time. Like, oh man. So that is something that concerns me. I also think the Capitals aren't a team that just like just you know rolls over. You know, like this, I feel like even in, even in defeat, they're still going to be, as I just said, very tough. So that is something I, I'm very concerned about still is like, and that's not something that just goes away. Like, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, it doesn't feel like we're ever going to see a game where there's even a two goal win. It's always just yeah. one. If you're not winning by one goal, you ain't winning the game. So is there anything else that concerns you? Uh, I mean, that's mostly it. probably the other thing is just as good as the PK was in, in game three. You got to stop taking those dumb penalties. I mean, too many men. Marshan again you you can't as much as you know it's some of it's retaliating or it's sticking up for teammates I think Dylan was shoving I think Bergeron I want to say on that sequence right before he got the unsportsman like penalty you got the reputation you know the the refs are watching you know they're monitoring this series you can't be doing stuff like that you can't be giving them a power play like that so many chances because again to the first I think it was three power plays before Ovechkin's goal PK looked great you were getting in front of pucks. You were clearing easily. The the caps weren't even getting set up. But you're gonna you're gonna get burned to keep on playing with fire like that because that power play can make a, a goal out of nothing in, in a hurry. They're just that good. So um, you got to limit those chances. And as much as again, guys like Hathaway or or Dylan or or Wilson make it pretty tough. Um, you you gotta you know be accountable for that because the more that game goes from five on five to a power play heavy game, the more benefits the capitals, I think. Well, Martian's new thing is the stick thing where he puts yes. the stick up and he like hooks the guy, uh, the, you know, the guy's head. And it's like, yeah. whenever Martian gets those little like moves, remember it was, you know, a few years ago it was licking. Yeah, I feel yeah. like there's always like one little thing that he loves to do and he always just does it. And it's like, dude, just don't do that. Um, there's no need. You know, you know, they're watching. So yeah, that's really it. Those are really the only like negatives. And that's not that big. I mean, if you're, if we were capitals, if we were poke the, poke the capital, poke the. Sounds like a, it sounds like a, (laughs) I'm going to make a, I'm not going to make a politics joke in here. Oh, well, oh, I, I'm I'm (laughs) picking up which foot down. Um, (laughs) January 6th. Um, Yeah. yeah, I, I didn't even think of that. Poke. I don't know what it would be. Poke the. Poke the Russian. Poke the eagle. Yeah, the right. Yeah, the Russian. Poke the eagle. Um, yeah, I guess if you can think of a better Capitals uh, podcast name that begins with poke, uh, you more welcome to make it. Um, but anyways, uh, if we were that, if we were them, uh, I, you know, there'd be way there'd be a laundry list of things. That, you know, oh, <laughs> you know, goaltending. What's Chara doing? What's going on with the defense? You know, we need more scoring out of uh, the Backstrom line and this and that, and so. There'd be a lot more to bitch about. Um, cause even last night, the Bergeron line or game three, you know, the Bergeron line didn't, uh, didn't score any five on five goals, but they still outchanced the hell out of the Capitals. I think it was 27 to 11, uh, when they're on mm-hmm. the ice. So even in those times, like if you're not like most years, that'd be a big issue. Them not scoring. Cause then where else are you get scoring from? But that was no problem, um, on Wednesday night. Cause you had the, the second line still though. I mean, that's not like a big thing to worry about. So yeah, there's a lot more to worry about if you're, uh, poke the Eagle, uh, Yes. Again, we're not we'll, just go poke the, we'll, go, we'll go poke the eagle. If this is Bruins beat, we could say poke the, or not poke, we could say Capitals beat. 
but yes. uh, this is a little more creative a title. So you got to be a little more, uh, a little more creative with that. Um, anyways, that is, uh, that is it. That is it for today's poke bear episode 44. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to over at the Boston sports journal? Uh, we will continue to be breaking down this series uh, game by game. Uh, I think uh, dropping uh, Fridays as podcast goes out. We'll have a breakdown on just how good uh, Charlie McAvoy has been, which we haven't talked about, but I'm sure mm-hmm. we will throughout this postseason because he is playing like a true uh, Norris trophy contender as, as he should be. I don't have a, I don't have a vote this year, but he would be uh, near the top of the list. Uh, as I imagine most people probably in Boston who watches him every day. You were telling me that but... you were telling me the other day if you had a vote, Hedman would be your first pick, right? You were telling me that the other day. Absolutely Hedman, not. Then Drew, no. then Drew Doughty would be Drew, number Drew, two. Drew Doughty, Drew Doughty's number one, yes. And then, Drew Doughty, Weber, and, then three. and then Morgan Riley. Or yes, Morgan Riley would be three because he, he scores he scores a lot of points and he plays for a big team. So, uh, but yes, we will be breaking down Charlie McAvoy and just how uh, good he's been over at PSJ. So. Subscribe over at bostonsportschannel.com. Got a new website. Looks fancy schmancy. Looks beautiful. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter for all the gifs and musings and photos of Jack Edwards yelling at the screen as he did. Oh, my after, God. Uh, after, after Craig Smith's goal. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. My favorite part of the whole thing is how it's not even Edwards. It's Brick just like yeah, staring just... at the TV with his hands in his pocket. Just like, what the hell? And he doesn't I, even I, know I... what's going on behind him. I was worried that uh, he was going to knock the the little divider down. It was going to be like when Krejci got fucking clocked in that uh, clocked in that playoff the, game. Remember when the glass popped out and hit him? Yeah, remember when uh, Patrick Waugh, like in one of his first games coaching yeah. with Bruce Boudreau on the other side, just like slam and they're yeah. slamming the, the stanchion back and forth. Yes. That would be like it just falls on brick as he's trying to like <laughs> analyze the play. Sure. Um, yeah, no, that was that was such a surprise because I haven't been watching it on Nesson. I've been watching it on NBC, so I had no idea that it even happened. But that was it was a crazy call. Then you could tell he like really thought about it. Like mm-hmm. that just that's that is a skill. That is that is a skill. Yes. And then yeah, to absolutely. acknowledge the camera, that is just uh, they're probably like before the game, like, hey Jack, this is a big play. Make a crazy call and then look at the camera. It's gonna go so viral on Twitter. Yes. And then he probably was like at the end was like, oh yeah, I gotta look at the camera. He, he almost he almost like, forgot. No, he, he it was the it was the complete package. It was the perfect Jack Edwards call. It had everything. It had everything. But yes, go uh, subscribe to the new website over at BSJ. I'm Ifan Marinovsky. It's Connor Ryan. This has been Poke the Bear, episode 44. You Poke the Bear listeners. Have an amazing rest of your day. (laughs) 